0: Welcome to another episode of the 2 Tools Baseball Podcast. What an action-packed week in the MLB we just had. We had no hitters from a rookie, no less. A no-hitter that ended up turning into a loss for that team. Uh, a cycle by Christian Yelich, can he get back to MVP form Uh We had an NL reigning MVP, Bryce Harper, get a player of the week. So many exciting things going on worth talking about. Also another week of power rankings to react to. And there's another former MVP candidate who resides in New York that bet on himself this offseason. And it's paying off in a huge way. Get our thoughts on this and so much more right now. Let's go. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonas, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team. And this is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy.
1: What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 61. Alex and I are coming to you live. It is May 16th, Monday night. Alex, what do we got cooking for today's episode?
0: Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Um, Big week in baseball. We got a. Uh, No hitter by a rookie. We got a combined no hitter that ended up being a loss. Lots to talk about there on the pitching side of things. Some big offensive performances by some surprising teams. So a lot is on the slate. We had a yellow cycle, you know, tons to get into. But uh, I said we start on the players of the week, Travis. Can you tell us about those guys?
1: I will say one thing about the no hitter we will talk about, but could be one of the best Baseball games I might have seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, we will we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs>
1: we'll get into it, but let's start with the uh, yeah the AL and the NL Players of the Week. Uh, this week, Phillies right fielder, Phillies DH now kind of moving forward for the next couple of weeks. Bryce Harper took home the NL Honors while the AL Honors went to Angels starting pitcher Reed Detmers, the rookie, the no-no this season, actually this past week. Uh, so that's why he takes home the AL Player of the Week. Very, very deserving. Alex, start first with the NL player of the week Bryce Harper just tore it up in LA I mean he almost led his team to a three game sweep in LA I'm pretty sure that was not on the Phillies mindset I think they were definitely thinking let's go in there and try to win a series they certainly did but almost sweeping the Dodgers uh talk to me about his performance for a little bit
0: yeah the the Phillies bats for sure showed up this weekend um there was a couple games where like the bullpen looked really questionable towards the end, but then the bats kind of came in and saved it. I know there was one game where, uh, like Justin Turner, uh, forced extra innings, but then the Phillies bats won it in extra inning. So that's right. It was definitely just a high scoring series, but uh, definitely Harper was a standout. Of course, reigning MVP in the National League. Uh, we both had him as the, as the MVP last season, uh, by our pick. And then, you know, of course by the voters picks, but yeah, I mean, he finally kind of had a really hot week for himself. Uh, he was hitting out of his mind, had some big homers. He did have an injury to his elbow, so he's going to be not throwing, uh, for a while. So that means no right field for him. Really interested to see how the bat kind of responds to being a DH for a while. Uh, I will say I'm so happy that there is an NLDH this year because otherwise he literally just wouldn't be playing for like a month, but now he gets. Sorry, bat.
1: sorry, Reese Hoskins, you're uh, you're out.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, whoever whoever <laughs> whoever has been DHing for them, I assume some of it's been Schwarber, Castellanos, and like they can just go kind of play right field, so the defense will take a bit of a dip. But um, yeah, I think the fact that he gets to stay in the lineup is so big for them. And so far, as a DH, he's been raking for them. So um, big weekend for him in LA. Big series for the Phillies. They're someone who climbed in the power rankings by quite a bit this week. Uh, and they're a team who I picked as a sleeper uh, before the season began, so I definitely am counting on them to kind of keep this momentum going, and maybe Harper DH mode can actually be a bit of a hit for a while.
1: Yeah, and I think I saw a stat today MLB posted since May first, Harper, but it's about a 1400 OPS. Wow, really hitting his stride right now in May. Um, May
0: player of the month, uh, putting putting threat possibly. to
1: the uh, to hopefully adding to his third MVP. Uh, you know MVP case trophy that would be pretty amazing to have him at 3 MVPs that would definitely put him in a um
0: oh that'd be his, that I think that'd be a lock for Hall of Fame yeah it,
1: it would be a discussion that um you really have to start having with Harper being yeah like you said lock for the Hall of Fame but um we'll move now over to our boy our guy Reed Detmers rookie of the year uh Alex 6 months ago I'm sure a lot of Angel fans you and me were discussing but this guy was you know talked about possibly being like a trade asset for the Angels to get a Higher level, more veteranship starting Just pitcher. Someone
0: who's ready to win right now. Exactly.
1: Right? Exactly. But Reed Detmer so far this season, very nice start to his uh full slate rookie season. Just to point out the numbers, right now, he's two and one, a three seven E three seven seven ERA in six games. Uh so doing very, very nice. Whip right now at a .83. So Doing very good. I guess the no-hitter probably really helped that out a lot. But <laughs> definitely. Uh, but what we saw, I believe it was Tuesday night against the Tampa Bay Rays. This wasn't against the Cincinnati Reds. This wasn't against the Oakland A's. This was against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, a lineup that is very well managed and very well run. Uh, you know, when there's a lefty pitching, the Rays are just gonna be loaded with right-handed hitters. And what Detmers was able to do that night was insanity, as well as the other part of the offense. Um, what we saw from the hitters as well, Alex, that's what I mentioned earlier. It was probably the craziest, best game I've seen in very, very long time. Um, but we'll get back to Reed Detmers right now. Um, changeup was working that night, made a lot of the hitters just look silly up there. I think he only, I honestly think he only had two or three strikeouts, a lot like of two a, strikeouts, a lot of balls were put into play. So a lot of, a lot of great work by the defense, um, walked, I'm trying to think the player he walked that costed it all, but. Uh, would have been special.
0: Right, yeah. And then <laughs> would have been
1: special perfect game. <laughs>
0: and then there was like a Walsh like bobble that they ruled a, an error which
1: That's right. probably
0: one of the few times people were saying that the fielder was happy when they got awarded the error, you know. They
1: you should. see Walsh clapping at first base. <laughs>
0: Cuz you don't want to be the guy that ruins it, of course. Yeah. Um especially you,
1: being a first baseman when you have a you know a pretty not a straight, not simple a but a straightforward a, job. A play yeah. you should make at first base.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a, hit, a ball that was hit hard, but Walshman can make those plays for sure. Yeah, uh, it was a really special outing. The game overall, like you said, was great. The fact that the Angels had such a big lead definitely helped. They felt comfortable leaving in Detmers. If it was like a 2-0 game in the ninth inning yeah. and he walks somebody, maybe you start getting nervous and go to Iglesias. But they definitely, the lead helped them have confidence in Detmers to keep you know going through all nine innings. Um, which was big, you know, going over a hundred pitches for a rookie. I think he was the first Angels. Was he the first Angel to go over a hundred? Maybe that's not true, but maybe uh, at least the first time in his career, I think he went over a hundred. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. So, for sure. Uh, definitely a big deal for him, um, and a huge, a huge, you know, just a confidence boost. Um, and of course, the single outing got him the uh, the Player of the Week nod. So
1: after that game, I, I seriously considered just calling you and saying we got to record tonight. Um, <laughs> I have never seen a game where a no hitter. Uh, Anthony Rendon's and Anthony Rendon turns into a switch hitter and belts a not a little home run a almost mammoth shot that I was just blown out of my mind Mike Trout multi-home run game Shohei almost I think he almost had a multi-home run game Um, it was just it was just insane I've never seen a performance of just such magnitude from our starting uh, positionals and of course our starting pitcher to put it on top so I mean as you can say uh, very well-rounded win for the angels i'm pretty sure every fan after that game was uh was ecstatic of what they saw at, at angel stadium that night but um anything else to cover on debt detmers to wrap it up
0: no i think that does a good job talking about his day and how you know it was great it was historic um but you know it was just uh hey it was a dub it was it was and i will say this i wrote down this note after that game ended and i said that so far this season has been a dream for the angels it yeah. has really gone exactly the way that they could have hoped i think at that point they were first in the division right now i think they might be a half game behind because the houston game is delayed right now in fenway um and houston just got on the right now.
1: craziest hot streak of you know
0: yeah they won like 11 or 12 straight and the angels the fact that they kept up and they're still like tied with them going into today is you know very we're, we're very pleased with that we're fine with that definitely definitely but, um yeah at that time that raised game trout multi-homer one of them off you know phillips who when a, a position player is throwing at you, you're just thinking like, you know, should I just put this ball like in, in the in no man's land and like yeah. maybe short left field or something like that. But he just got first pitch, got all into it and just pulled it straight center field over the fence. It was obviously crazy. Otani belt went off the wall, then Rendon switch hitter, bats lefty, <laughs> hits it into the pavilion. At that moment, Travis, and then once the no hitter actually is completed, Angel fans just think like, you know, this season feels special. It feels, it di- does. It feels different. Um, give me your thoughts on that and just um, how everything has gone right for the Angels and uh, how the team is cl- clicking right now. Give me your thoughts overall.
1: Yeah, and this will be a kind of our time to really, you know, talk about our team with the Angels. But I mean, like you said, I mean, the pitching, we've seen the stats throughout the first 30 or 35 games. Um, I think right now we have three or four starting pitchers that have ERAs below a 3. I know Otani. I mean maybe it was the last couple starts or the last, you know, month, but uh what our starting pitching has been able to do uh Cindergard, Sandoval, Otani, even Lorenzen, um it's been nothing short of remarkable and also the bullpen with loop with Tapera, with the um those three guys have been very clutch of course uh for the last month or so i know Iglesias had some you know fall off the last couple of weeks but you know what we ride or die with that guy so uh i he i, I know i rather see him suffer now than in august september because i know he's going to be clutch for us in the end and he is a guy that we desperately need um for us to make a final you know october run but uh, i mean what we've been seeing from everybody i mean the offense i i I feel like every night we come to the ballpark and the angels are going to score four or five runs and it's just kind of a, a given because you have ward who is one of the hottest players in MLB baseball right now you have trout who's just mike trout on another level this season you have otani who's really picking up the pace you have rendon who really doesn't have all this pressure on him now being able to relax and rely on a lot of these other stars to you know produce in big spots so rendon can get comfortably worry about getting on base for Walsh Walsh can clean things up as well and then of course you got Brandon Marsh who is uh you know really coming into his own as a great defensive left fielder and also a great uh pure contact hitter with some surprising power so um I really like that and then of course you're up the middle defense with Tyler Wade Andrew Velasquez I mean honestly that's what we talked about last week when we were talking about the shortstop market and how some of the free aging uh shortstops really haven't lived up to their contract what I've seen so far from Velasquez and Wade I think that I mean, they they honestly are really worth their value this season. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure combined, they're both getting, I'm sure it's like $2 million combined for what their production has been. I think it's already north of one war combined for both of them, which not many shortstops have right now in the only market. So uh, you really can't ask much from what we're getting from them. And just the whole team as a unit, uh, it has been it's just been so special to see so far this year. And I mean, the big thing for angel fans and big things for angels on the, on the organization as well is just keep it going, keep playing the baseball. We know how to, I think that right now we're hoping and we're gunning for a division spot, but also let's just, let's just aim for a top six finish. I mean, that's, that's the big thing this year. I think angel fans would definitely say, let's just keep aiming for that top six finish. Um, Let the other teams play their way. But uh, I mean, what we're doing so far has been, um, it's, it's been special this year, and you're right. That game with the lefty home run from Rendon, I think fans and everybody realizes this this team is different this year than most years. But um, that's my take on that, yeah.
0: Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, I, just, I agree with everything you're saying pretty much. It really feels like it's a different team than years past. It's at least a team that's playing different than years past. And I'll also say that a lot of things haven't necessarily gone their way so far. Um, obviously, in terms of wins and losses, it has. But Trout has missed some games. Ward has missed some games despite how hot he's been um i think like sandoval missed a start at one point we've had to call up guys from, covid from, watch from triple a yeah. um all over the place we have two catchers on the on the covid aisle right now um we,
1: it, we bring up a double layer and he tosses a six inning one hit shutout.
0: out yeah mean, it's both both uh silseth and jonathan diaz in their first starts of the season um no earned runs. so that's just like super special from them um, I think one hit for each of them in their first start of the season. Yep. Um, coming up from the minors, kind of ready to answer the call. So seeing stuff like that's always super promising. But, um, like I said, guys have missed games so far. Pitchers have missed starts. Um, and I think that you know, like like we said, Iglesias has had some stumbles as a closer. But still, to this point, it feels like they're rolling despite it all. So that's a great sign for Angels fans. Don't want to focus on them too much, but I have one more thing to kind of ask you about them. Going into this season, right before the season begins. Yes. Fresh off spring training. If I said that the Angels are going to finish this season with the two best hitters in the American League. Mike Trout and Blank. Pretty easy. I think you you might have had like honestly 7 or 8 guys you would have guessed before Taylor Ward. Oh, yeah. I think you probably would have guessed Otani and then maybe Rendon and then maybe Walsh. And you say, oh, maybe Adele or Marsh steps up. And then you're like, wow. even Fletcher. Maybe Fletcher and, and bats like, 330. Maybe you know? Fletcher wins the batting title. Yeah. I think there's a lot of thoughts that come to your mind. Maybe Stassi somehow hits 35 more months. I think a lot of guys come to your mind before you ever would have said, uh, you know, Taylor Ward being so special to start this uh, season. Give me your just brief thoughts on him um, because. Just talk about a guy that no one saw coming, even as Angel fans um, have been wanting him to get more playtime as someone who was a first, a first round pick in years past and has slowly been improving through minor league and uh, back and forth between the majors and the minors. Give me your brief thoughts on him.
1: Yeah, I mean, what we saw when even, you know, me being an Angel fan for, you know, 10, 15 years when he was drafted uh, as a catcher out of, I think it was Fresno State. Uh, You know, really hoping that he can come into his own in the first, you know, two seasons and then be a major leaguer and be a big impact player. I think every Angel fan, even including me, seeing the way Mike Trout was drafted and then you see him in two years, three years, and he's a superstar. I think we kind of just all got to that. Uh, We all expected that from all of our top draft picks. And Taylor Ward's a guy that, you know, he needed some really. Uh, he needed a lot of time to really mature into the player he is today. And I mean, looking at a stat line, Alex, 385 average 500 on base, 747 slugging 1247 OPS. I mean, it just goes on and on. And all I see is dark bolded italicized numbers. And that indicates that he is leading the MLB in all these numbers, even though the sample size is not as big as some of the other players. Um, I, I just cannot stress how insanely just surprising this has been from taylor ward um kind of changed his batting stance slightly a bit but you know ever since 2020 alex he really has kind of picked things up 2020 he actually had a very insane you know rebound season from basically the first two years of 18 and 19 2020 he was batting 277 uh really picked up the on base percentage and still had a similar slugging but he really picked up his average and then you see in 2021 uh the numbers the ops numbers slightly raise up but what they've done now, I mean, it's a we're, different level. Obviously we're, we're watching, I mean, it's, it's, it's scary to say, but we're literally watching a start of like a Barry bonds, like <laughs> kind of right fielder, uh, with insanely better speed. I mean, right now, Alex, I mean, it would be a fool to say if he's not a lock for the AL all-star team, but I feel like he has to be. And I feel like yeah. if he does not win that lock, it's as long because, as the
0: games plays are there, it shouldn't be a question. Exactly. It, it,
1: and so it's just, I mean, it, it's, it's so remarkable what he's doing and not to mention exactly having an above average. I've honestly, I believe, you know, defensive, you know, playing ability with, you know, fielding and also his arm and then also his speed. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys on our team hitting in the leadoff spot and you're hitting 385 and you're slugging a 747 in the leadoff spot that that right there to me just says at all yeah uh, i can't stress enough how good he is right now yeah
0: my my i have some some tweets here saved about just some stats of his and this is something that really catches my eye in a really positive way this is from three days ago so it's not going to be up to date till today but it's it's going to be about the same his swing percent uh his swing rate the amount of you know pitches he's swinging at is 37.3 and trout's is 37.7 Ward's uh, swings on ball pitches in the zone is 58.7 and Trout's is 58.8. And Ward's chase rate, the amount of times he chases the pitch out of the zone is 15 point something and Trout's is 18 point. So I'm just bringing this up to illustrate Ward's approach at the plate is mirroring Trout's so very similarly. And Trout is the best hitter, the best true hitter in baseball, like for sure. So um you 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 can make an argument for a guy like Soto who's not hot right now but um I think that when your plate when your approach at the plate is so similar to the guy who is for sure like an MVP favorite year in year out it's just it's a really great sign that I think that what Ward's doing is sustainable because I mean he's not I mean he's he's always had some pop to his game but like the discipline the taking you know not chasing yeah uh his walks are he's walking so much um right now so i am just kind of trying to explain that i think that what we're seeing is somewhat sustainable the 385 average is going to come down the slugging will come down the on base will come down but the production and the consistency of getting on base um this is not just like a fluke month for him i think this is a, a really transformed player uh I think that he will continue to impress us. So he's going to be a really key piece towards the top of our lineup for sure.
1: I mean, 21 walks this year so far in 26 games, and he's already, he already has a career high. He's already had, he already surpassed his career high in walks this season. He's already, he's tied with last year, career high in home runs, um, already passed his career high in triples, uh, I mean, this year of course will be, I mean, it's easily to say this is his breakout year, everything. All the numbers this year will surpass all of his career total numbers um which is just i mean that is just remarkable what we're seeing right now and th- and we definitely needed someone to step up besides shohei besides rendome besides walsh besides trout to really help elevate this team but i mean the sky's the limit with this with this lineup right now with the way ward's hitting at the leadoff spot and then you got trout i mean i, I really want to see who what is the comparison bid been to award trout one two punch to start the lineup in Emily history. And I guess you can also include Shohei. when have we seen such a, just a deadly one, two, three, um, yeah. What, you know, it's to start the game. Alex will be so cool to see is, you know, I, I guarantee Otani is going to be at the all-star game in LA. He probably will be starting the game possibly as well as a starting pitcher really could be, um, just imagine seeing ward trout Otani to lead off the game. And you literally huh. just have angel angel angel. And it's like. You, this is. I wonder, Dod- that, I
0: wonder if that's ever happened. Yeah.
1: And this is and this is Dodger Stadium. We're talking about. Um, it'd be pretty interesting to see because I know there's some Dodgers right now that are probably having a hard time getting the votes for probably the NL. Um, will be really funny to see if the Angels lead out the game with a one-two-three punch like that. Uh, it would be really special. But for focusing sure. on Ward. Um, I mean, yeah, you mean just go look on Baseball Reference. I know I'm looking at Baseball Reference every single day. Um, just type in Taylor Ward. He'll pop up, and. Uh, You'll see some very important numbers uh, italicized and highlighted in in, in bold, but what a special start to the season.
0: Yeah. And then one last thing I have here on him. Uh, This, this is just kind of a mind blower. This is about his game. That was the second game of the Saturday double header when he had a grand slam and 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 walks and doubles and all all this crazy stuff. So uh, that night was the second time this season that Taylor Ward had at least three hits, two of them being extra base hits a walk and a Grand Slam in the same game. So wow. that was the second time he did that this season. And we're only you know a month and a half in. The Five. last time someone did that twice in one season was when do you think? It, it was Lou Gehrig in 1930. <laughs> so no one since Lou Gehrig. When you at that name, I guess it's special, right? So no one has had a three hit, two extra base hit, walk Grand Slam game twice in one season since Lou Gehrig. And he's done it twice this season, yeah. and we are still in May, so. What he's doing this season is is it's he's just incredibly the hottest hitter in baseball. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be interesting if you
1: know Shohei still keeps up the same pace and gets better throughout the season, throughout the season, and then you have a Ward Trout Otani battle for the MVP. Um, I I would love to see in history when that has what if that has ever even come close to happening before where three teammates are just so historically good like this um, that they are you know putting up. Uh, top three MVP numbers and, and, you know, three of those guys competing. What if I told you, what if ward wins it this year, Alex? And then you see, um, you know, 2019 Mike Trout MVP. And then of course 2020 no angel, but then you see 2021 and 2022 and angel wins the MVP. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, 90% of us would all say, oh, it's gonna be Mike trout. Right. And then you look at Zotani and then it's Taylor ward. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, We've we've praised him enough. I think any non Angel fans listening to this podcast are waiting for us to move on, so we'll go ahead and spread oh, they them. They want us.
1: They want to hear more. Yeah. We'll, we'll
0: go ahead and spread them now. uh Travis, I want to talk about Yelich for a bit because Christian Yelich, for those that don't know, he's heating up certainly right now, and that really kind of capped off in a cycle that he hit this last week. um It's his third career cycle, and I think that he's like one of five players ever to have like three career cycles. I'm not sure if anyone has four, but Um, I guess give me your thoughts on the fact that he's heating up and what do you think? What do you you think is uh, the rest of his season going to look like? How do you you think he actually is going to be able to maintain what he's doing right now?
1: Yeah, three career cycles and three of them, all of them, Coming to the Cincinnati Reds, right? So I'm pretty sure Cincinnati hates his guts right now.
0: Painful for them.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, w- I mean, what we've seen so far is the average is you know pretty much the same as it was last year. Uh, on base as well. The big number is the slugging percentage. He is starting to, uh, you know, really elevate. Uh, I think his uh his launch angle and his bat and his and just his whole you know batting approach. Um, such a great great start to the season, at least for him, from what he's been doing the past two years. Hopefully, of course, it continues, but, um, I mean, we, we, we definitely are seeing a rebound season. I know we've talked about him a lot in the past couple of months, and I know we have said, you know, 2019, Chris and Yelich is probably gone, never coming back. Um, I, I'd be surprised if he came back a 1.1 OPS kind of guy, I mean, putting up, I, I think we mentioned if he did the same thing in 2020, then you'd have to start saying Yelich or Trout. It, it's actually a really good debate because this guy is putting up insane numbers, but, um, eight oh seven OPS right now, a one hundred thirty OPS plus. I think what what's league average now? It's like seven something.
0: It's in the dumps. So I mean because of that, it makes you see the 800 OPS and you have to kind of understand that the offense is down across the board. So exactly. that OPS plus tells you he's well above average this season, whereas last year he was right about average. So. And one
1: thing is, is oh, and you could say his OPS right now through, you know, 35 games is better than Shohei Otani. So that's one thing you can say is, wow, you know, that that is a really good stride so far for him from what he started and what he was last year. But um, yeah, I mean, wh- a good rebound season. The Brewers need him to be successful if they do want to make another division push. Um, And, of course, want to make a deep run into the playoffs. They need Yelich to be at All-Star at a a high producing form for them. So, I mean, what we're getting from right now, like I said, is so much better than what we saw in 2020, 2021. He actually might could actually, you know, almost almost produce what he did in 2020 and 2021 combined in this season, which would which honestly would be very, very special to see him do that um, have, have those numbers combined, but better in 2022. Um, same thing kind of goes, goes to Bellinger, you know, both those guys were in the same category of where are these guys headed, but you can at least say that both of them are making pretty good returns back to, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, form. But what I one thing that I think really sucks is when they, when they play this good, like in 2019 Bellinger Yelich, is that we just remember them at that level at that peak. And then when they don't perform at that peak anymore, we kind of say, Oh, these guys are just going to be washed up. You know, you yeah. look at their careers,
0: it stops and then it goes down. And so, um, but, but like it's important to remember they can still be really valuable if they're not their MVP. Self, of course, right? of
1: course, of course. And so, I mean, that, that that's one thing that you really have to look at when you, you know, compare these kind of players or you analyze these players. But what we've seen the last uh, 34 games from Yelich is that he's picking it up and that uh, it, it's showing that he is slowly coming back to, you know, the old form of Christian yellows that we saw, um, you know, in the late you know the, the, the late of last decade or so but yeah uh, good start from him hopefully hopefully cross your fingers it really it, you know it continues because he he's an important I think play, character to the game and also to the NL because when he's clicking um, that NL certainly gets a lot more deadlier
0: oh yeah he's a fun addition to the MVP race if he can really get going um, some of the some of the data on you know his how hard he hits the ball and all that kind of stuff uh, really is saying that he can improve on what he's doing already right now. Like some of the results could end up getting even more and more favorable for him. So, I'm excited to see how he's able to keep this up or even get even better. Um if the Brewers end up being one of the best records in the NL and he can improve on what he's doing right now, he's going to get MVP votes uh, somehow some way at least in that mix remotely. So, we'll see how they kind of continue, but um yeah, I'm excited to see what a up year from Milwaukee is going to look like in in 2022. Um, Moving on, Travis, I kind of wanted to talk about some of the younger players in the league. We already kind of talked about the rookies, and like early, like a couple weeks ago, we talked about like how good uh, Seiya Suzuki started off, and Jeremy Pena started off, but I kind of want to talk about some of the other guys. Uh, we can start off with uh, Kelnick on the Mariners, and Adele on the Angels are both young players with promising upside, but both have been demoted, and are not currently in AAA yeah. Give me your thoughts on those two AOS teams having, I guess, guys who you really were hoping would at least be about average this year uh, and how they actually are turned out. And I will say that they both have very different issues. Adele is clearly in the minors to work on defense and maybe pitch selection, pitch recognition, because his bat, when he makes contact with the ball, is no issue. I think in the AAA, he hit like...
1: I think he's playing softball in like AAA right he's now. He's playing it's,
0: slow pitch. He has like four homers in like five games or something. Yeah, just, yeah. He's going crazy, but um, the defense is is the place where he's supposed to be working on as well as probably not swinging at, at, at too much junk. Kelnick has just had so much problems with Major League pitching. Give me your thoughts on them and what it could mean to their teams if they can kind of bounce back or I guess how you see that uh, panning out for those teams
1: yeah and I I will say it's I, I think the Angels of course are in a way better position with Adele being down in AAA working on you know defense just working on becoming a more uh groomed Major League Baseball player when you got Ward and Trout playing two thirds of the outfield and then you got um you know Adele's best friend Brandon Marsh playing just high level, you know, almost like rookie level, uh, high, high rookie level, you know, left field for the angels. There's really no problem at all right now. So it kind of sucks to see, you know, other guys like that really succeeding. And of course the team succeeding, you're not up there, but I mean, we all know he's a special kind of player. We've seen the home runs off Joe Adele, and he might have some of the best raw power on the team so far that we've seen. Definitely. Um, some of those shots, you know, oppo power shots that L- we've seen. From line
0: home. drives oppo that just go out of the park. Yeah.
1: Insanity, insanity. But, you know, with Kelnick, um, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a different story. Kelnick probably isn't having the defensive struggles that, you know, Adele is having, but the offensive struggles are very apparent, very eye-opening. Um, you know, only hitting 140 on the season still right now has a negative war um, and the team is below 500. So uh, Mariners, I think, were very much banking on him and Julio Rodriguez to be um, the leaders and the stars of that lineup. Julio is really picking it up so far the last couple of weeks. um, I've seen some bright spots out of him, but Kelnick needing to be demoted to uh, just really find himself and, you know, hopefully can work on some things for the next couple of weeks or month or even months. And then you see him come up in July, August, try to be a really good uh, contributor to a team that should be, um, you know, almost knocking on uh, October baseball this year with the, uh, the the roster that they put together. But um, I think that right now it, it sucks that both guys are probably in very low situations. But Angels and Adele, I think right now, are probably in a little bit of a, diff, a, a better situation because um, Angels know, Angel fans know. I think the the organization, everybody knows that Joe Adele will be a guy um in the angels outfield sometime in the future just because that bat is too special to leave down um and and he's proving it right now in triple a he's proving that he is above a triple a player when you put up those kind of numbers it's just working on your defense um working on all that it kind of sucks because i mean you're not going to put joe adele at the dh spot because there's a superstar there Mm -hmm. you're not gonna you know your, your, your your positions in the outfield are really you know slimming down because Ward is a complete monster you're not taking number 27 spot and then you're you know you're you're one of your best friends Brandon Marsh is doing very very well so it kind of just says to yourself you know there really is no spot right now on the team for me but um once the defense comes to form Alex I mean you talk about one of the one of the best bench bats I mean in in the angels right now and probably in the al west uh with what joe adele can do and i know with madden liking to you know move things around for different outfielders uh you'd see joe adele get a lot of playing time because as we know madden likes to rest some guys a lot uh, yeah, more and, than we like to see and, but and
0: I'll, I'll just say we saw both trout and ward get rest in the first game of our saturday double header also during that week ward missed a couple games on a, on a hamstring uh strain or tightness or whatever tightness, yeah, yeah. so um there's a very regularly outfielders missing games for Easily. us mayfield has been in the outfield wade has been in the outfield um this, white, this white, season, white field right he was a call-up for <laughs> triple right. a we've also seen guys like uh, jose rojas um don't, it's, say, it, it, don't it, say his name it's really like uh util i don't even know if utility guys the right word it's really just kind of like guys who don't play outfield being our fourth outfielder so far this and, and season did you say
1: tyler wade too yeah yeah and, and it yeah. just
0: it just kind of um and i think if i'm not mistaken i think fletcher even maybe not this season but at least last season has played outfield too Yes. So it's yeah. just like uh the situation where if adele was up he certainly would have the opportunities at least this last week definitely would have had the opportunities to play some um you know complete games where he could work on some stuff and just see how he's coming along but you know I don't think they should be bouncing him up and down, up and down. No. So I'm not saying call him up for the week and put him back, but I'm just kind of saying that based on who's in the outfield, um, I would rather have Adele getting at bats in, in right or left field than yeah. than, than Jack Mayfield. Yeah, so. yeah. But um, <laughs> long story short, uh, I, I agree with what you're saying about the Kelnick Adele differences. Kelnick, um, I think the Mariners are really hoping he can improve the bat to be at least around average with you know really uh, plus speed and good defense um and can be like a third or fourth outfielder for that mariners team in the second half of the season that'd be ideal for them but uh adele and the angels are in a different spot for sure um i'm sure some trade thoughts have have crossed the mind of angels gm perry manassian but you also don't want to trade him when he's at his you know lowest value when he just got demoted even though the bat looks great um all things considered it's definitely coming along especially for a guy who's 22 or 23 um it's coming along very well but um you don't really want to trade someone you just demoted, you know. So it maybe let him try to work his way back up, have a good, you know, week, couple weeks or a month, and then you'd get more in return from him. But I, I'm not sure if you're looking to trade him quite yet. I personally would give him more of a shot in the big leagues, but we'll see how things pan out um for us this season for those guys. But uh we can keep moving on, Travis. I wanna talk about uh the AL MVP real quick. Um we mentioned the Angels that are gonna be in the race. Someone else that's going to be in the race is Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge is not only... Uh, trying to win me some money. He, he's trying to win Travis some money in Vegas for sure. He's trying to win the Yankees some games because he's probably their hottest hitter. And they have, you know, they're kind of one of the biggest surprises in the American League. We all knew they'd be a good team, but they're proving to be a really dominant, great team so far at least. And Aaron Judge is someone, Travis, who was offered an extension prior to this season by the yankees very true it was something that we thought was a lot of money to decline right it's like yes you could probably get more in an open market but you have an injury history if you get hurt this year you might regret that he bet on himself and boy is it paying off so oh, give yeah. me a reaction to that kind of storyline we're seeing with aaron judge this season
1: yeah i mean the uh the home runs are what se- says it all uh 12 on the season leads all of major league baseball right now is uh The leader for the al in runs so uh two nice categories to be leading baseball in Um, and then of course the percentage stats. um not as good of course when we look at a guy like mike trout or taylor ward so far but uh when you have a 1000 ops and you know you are pretty much batting you know 300 and and a 600 plus slugging percentage uh and, and even the most total bases in the AL as well, you are a force to be reckoned with. Also, not to say he is on the best team in Major League Baseball right now. And you know the New York Yankees get a lot of hype when their uh all-star, their best player is playing at an MVP type level. So it's gonna help the voting um, that it's, much. It's gonna help the voting. And I think the the voters, I think the voters are just hungry to give a guy like Aaron Judge an MVP trophy. Um, just because we know at a full season we don't get that too much, but at a full season he can be so so valuable, like what he's doing right now. So uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, what a tremendous start from him. Also with his teammate Giancarlo Stanton as well. Right. Um, I think, of course, Judge provides better value in in getting an MVP, but. Right. Um, I mean, like I, I said, they what the, a start.
0: I think they were the first duo in baseball teammates to get to 10 home runs each. So,
1: And, and there, was, there was a question. Do you – do you, and I was going to ask you, do you agree? Um, do you
0: think both guys can get to 50? I'm going to say no just yep. because of the ball this year. Yep. I think if it was 2019, I would say definitely. Um, yeah. But I think that in 2022, I think this ball is I, – I honestly, Travis –
1: 44 i think
0: there's a really good chance like the mlb leader in hormones doesn't hit 50 this year i think i think just based on the ball i remember travis trout is on this crazy tear right he's playing so well like a week ago i think the broadcast said he's on pace for like 41 homers i'm like wait what like he's going crazy what do you mean 41 homers like you know and i guess the math says that based on what how much he's hit you know week by week so far that's just where he's at and um the ability to hit you know A bunch of homers in a week is just kind of slimming down. It is. And Travis, one thing I want to piggyback off of that, I still think we're seeing some MLB trickery. I I don't want to say it is just one game I'm going to pick at, so I'm not going to say it's like the end-all, be-all, but Carlos Rodon got absolutely lit up by the uh, St. Louis Cardinals on Sunday Night Baseball last night. Mm -hmm. It's just another example of a national broadcast where all of a sudden the hormones go flying. And I'm just I am just thinking, you know, national broadcast. I wonder if they gave Rodon, you know, that juiced ball. Um I think it was a 15-run game for the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, Albert Pools got the uh the relief appearance in the ninth inning, which That just is added just, to
1: his Hall of Fame status even more. It, yeah. it
0: just all over Twitter, of course, these highlights of him throwing the ball fifty miles an hour, just e fist pitches. But you know, um great moment for Cardinals fans, I'm sure. But really the main topic in my mind was Wow, like what an offensive day on the national scale of, you know, Sunday Night Baseball really makes me think that I don't think it's a coincidence. We keep seeing these crazy offensive performances. Also, someone else pointed out like the home runs you see per game for like those Apple TV broadcasts are also Mm. pretty high overall. So I really I'm just thinking that the MLB. I think they know what they're doing. That's I some, think that,
1: that's, that is some shady stuff. Yeah.
0: I mean that that's my thought. I, any reaction to that?
1: No, I mean, you're, I mean that that's a good point. And the only, I mean, the one thing I'll counter is that, uh, that, uh, what was it? Brewers Phillies game earlier that was zero zero. Um, Oh, was it? Okay. Um, it? It was that game where, uh, uh, Schwarber got tossed by Angel Hernandez and Angel Hernandez had like uh-huh. just the most horrendous night of officiating in history probably, but, mm-hmm. uh, very common for him. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's funny. They probably learned their lesson that game, Alex, and they said, okay, uh, we lost so many viewers at a zero zero game, like in the eighth inning that we cannot let this happen again. I turned on the TV and I was just blown away. The Cardinals were able to score that many runs against Rodon. Uh, I got him in fantasy. So it was a tough loss on yeah. a crucial Sunday night.
0: He'll be fine I promise uh, and he'll a be crucial fine.
1: end of the week for my uh, fantasy week, but no, he'll be fine. But it is very interesting that he gets lit up that much. And I was just, it was but very a, strange a, a to see A Carlos team him. With,
0: with good offense and lots yeah. of good righty hitters to counter his lefty stuff. But Rodon has been a very, very good pitcher for the last, you know, all of last season and all of this season so far has been yeah. really dominant. And just to see, you know, all those home runs given up early on in the game, you know, double walk, home run. Like it was just kind of like could he could not catch a break um it just kind of makes me raise an eyebrow and that's no slight to the cardinals hitting like i mean i'm just talking about yeah. the amount of hormones you see per game this season it was kind of nothing compared to what we saw in that Sunday night baseball yeah, game
1: yeah and when i saw that score I, I thought to myself oh i mean arenado probably just went off because he just feasts on left-handed hitters or left-handed pitchers but um you're right i mean goldschmidt I, edmund um
0: yadi actually got one yadi mean, over the yeah, fence so yeah, that, that, yeah. that tells you something i yeah, guess
1: yeah so uh Interesting that that could be, you know, it, that's a very good uh thing to look at because, you know, like you said the Apple TV uh broadcast, that's a new market they're trying to reach and they might want a uh, a little bit more offense in those games than they uh than they usually do in other games. That goes back to that first game of the year, Alex, uh Angels Astros, that first Friday night game. I think the Astros scored like 13 or 14 runs that game against the Angels and I think combined it was like 20 runs scored mm-hmm. in the entire game. So that could be another case too where those Apple broadcasts um I, for some reason, hate them, but, uh, you know, uh, they just – they get a lot of runs. So it would be nice to kind of see maybe uh, one of our teams on again for uh, one of those national broadcasts and get some just, runs again. To see yeah.
0: how it goes. Yeah, just to see, like, is there something here? Is it going to continue with these crazy high run scoring environments on these nationally televised games? I guess we'll see. It's still early in the season, so they could die off. But um, from what I've seen so far, at least anecdotally, I think that there's something there with um, these really – monster shots that you're just not seeing in other games you see them on these big stages but that's just a thought a food for thought going forwards as you you know as you guys watch the sunday Night baseball the apple broadcasts any other big game of the week kind of stuff just keep your eye out see if there's extra it seems like there's extra long balls in those games but travis i'll move on now uh to joey gallo because he is someone who started off very very slow he was getting almost i feel like yankee fans are almost saying like this guy is a bust in the pinstripes. He is someone who um, can't handle the Yankee pressure. And I'll say overall, like his season numbers, if you're just not a fan of on-base and slugging, you still would probably say his average is bad and he's not hit that many home yeah. runs. You're, you know, you might not be super, super impressed. But uh, since April 24th to now, so that's like a little under a month, he's batting 267 average, wow. three seventy-seven on base 622 slugging that's good for a 194 wrc plus and that's five homers in 53 plate appearances so my overall thought on joey gallo is that he's a player who i think is really really good and he is going to go through these ups and downs because of how reliant he is on getting walks and then getting home runs the walks are probably always going to be there but um if he's just whiffing on home runs for a couple weeks in a row the average is going to be really really low because when he puts the ball in play, it's probably going to be like a pop-out um, if it's not going over the fence. So, um, I guess give me your thoughts on Gallo. And I think that him being, uh, if he can be at least, a, not to be a superstar, but if he can be a really plus player for the Yankees, it helps him that much more in that middle of the lineup because you know what you're going to get from Judge. I feel like LeMahieu has been really solid. Hicks, maybe uh, for the whole season, there's a question mark. He could be good. He could be so-so. Um, but I think Gallo is someone who... Um, is a key part of what they want to do. Uh, if they can really get the Bronx bombers, you know, um, full, like fully fledged AL favorites. I think he's probably a key part of that. Give me your thought on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I respect him as a, you know, he's not just going to bring the bat and just have, you know, subpar bad defense. He does have a really good defensive glove and a great arm. So that's one thing I will say uh, being a plus player is that, you know what you're going to get defensively from him and also, you know, good speed, pretty probably good base runner as well. Um, with me of course I look at his numbers and uh he he is a kind of player that I I don't like to see just because I I want to see I guess some consistency where you look at like a guy that has like a 300 average 400 on base you know 5 600 slugging um and that's not the case with Joey Gallo I'll accept that he's going to be a terrible batting average guy you know uh-huh. if he has a terrible batting average which he does right now a 202 but actually that's pretty good on his stance because average, when yeah. you're when you're above a 200 for Joey Gallo that's pretty good but i think the slugging at a 385, 382 right now is what, what's going to be most troubling i think with Joey Gallo you're hoping you can get a guy that's going to be uh definitely in the 500s possibly even the 600 slugging percentage uh you know realm of of major league hitters uh i i know you like you said he's picking it up right now so far, what I'm looking at the season numbers, um, it is a disappointment start uh, with the on base only being at a 317. But with the with at least the trends that he's going on right now, if he can pick it up and um, you know really get that slugging percentage up, uh, I, I think the Yankees lineup will find a great spot for him to be in. I think he's a type of player that really a manager really needs to be smart with where to put him because you need to guys to get you, you have to have a lot of guys getting on base in front of it because you need that long ball you need that grand slam to really break open a game or to come back in a game but he is a guy that I'm interested to see what uh what Aaron Boone uh I, I think he's I, I'm not mistaken I think he actually switches him around a lot I I've seen he's him been,
0: he's been around the lineup yeah
1: I've seen him sometimes even leading off and and that might be a, a time to really get more plate appearances seeing more pitches and you know working more counts trying to get that on base up but uh he, you know he's a guy that I mean, the last five years, I, I've I've not seen. I mean, besides Shohei, I've not seen home runs go as far as what Joey Gallo can do. Right. So the slugging is what he brings to the table. Um, even going back to 2019, I know he played only only 70 games that year for the Rangers, but he had a 986 OPS, and his average was, it was 250, but he had almost a 600 slugging. So that's the Joey Gallo that I want to see that can bring the pop and also bring the walks to the table. I know he's going to strike out a lot, and that's just, you know, that's just his game. but. Yep. Um, if he can bring the walks up and just kind of, I, I guess the OPS is going to be w- when the number that's going to be the most important for him because average, I guess, I mean, I'm just not going to look at his average he's gonna anymore have, because yeah, he's
0: going to put on the average exactly. The OPS, he he
1: you know. wants to walk. He wants to and not, not saying he wants to strike out, but he's going to walk, strike out or hit an extra race hit. And that's basically his main, uh, the main assets he brings to the table pretty much for him. But, uh, it, like I yeah. said, I mean, he, he'll be a huge contributor if he can rebound and have, um, you know, kind of just a, a big, uh, a big second half hopefully for that Yankees club because maybe some of those guys like Stanton and Judge might cool off a bit so of course it'd be Gallo's time he's another guy he's kind of like Anthony Rendon where he's in such a good position where he's not put it he's not put in so much a stressful situation because he has such great performers around him that he can actually uh go through some of these uh these uh low trends and of course still have time to pick it up and be a huge uh huge asset to their lineup but um I want to see the home runs getting a little bit better. I mean, five right now in the season is, of course, you want it. You you don't want to see that. But what you said, of course, since his numbers, I think since late April, um, really picking up uh, he, of course, that would just make that lineup, you know,
0: that much much better. Yeah. 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 So uh, just yet I like what you said. I think that if you if he's someone that's available in your fantasy league, I think the batting average component will turn a lot of people away. But if your league also does other things like OPS, like ours does, I think he actually is a really valuable player. I actually traded for him because uh, I think the amount of run scoring that goes on in that Yankees team, you're going to get runs in RBIs just because everyone is doing their job as well. Um, Hitting you in, you're hitting people, and people are going to be on base in front of you quite a lot. Um, And then combine that with the fact that I think the home run hitting will pick up from him. He has had some bad luck to start the year and then – I'm sure the dead and ball is not doing him any favors because he's obviously swinging for the fences and pretty much all of his plate appearances. But I think he's someone that will continue trending up. I think. um, Do do, do you know his splits by chance? I don't have them for the season in front of me right now. Is he a lefty murderer? Oh, in terms of righty versus lefty? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that uh, he has fared equally, and there's been times uh, in the past where he has hit lefties better. But I think overall, he's someone that. He's not the kind of guy who you put in a lefty to counter, yeah. I would say. He's someone who can probably hit both pretty similarly. He's also swinging for the fences so much that it's almost like he's just trying to square up remotely and hope it goes out. So it's almost like it doesn't really matter how well he sees the ball almost. At least that's my that's mm-hmm. my one mm-hmm. way of looking at it. But um, yeah, I think that he's someone that could be a sneaky pickup if he's just kind of floating around in your league and no one wants to touch him because they see that average but if, um,
1: if you don't have ops i would say don't if it's it, like last it, year's league where it's just average it could be a risk if it's only it average is, yeah.
0: and rbis and runs but i do think like the home runs have picked up like in the last couple of weeks um i think he had zero for like a few weeks and the last like, like
1: first two or three weeks he was just and the last like yeah. three or four
0: weeks he's had five yeah. so he's like, hitting like one a week so it's been good for my team at least but yeah i just kind of want to Shed some my eye and i guess like the nuance of it, it depends on, on the league you're in like you said very much but mm. um he's someone who's i think is an interesting pickup that a lot of people might be scared to touch and i would just say you know maybe give him a chance if you have an opening in your outfield um but uh travis we'll keep moving on here um the pirates and the, the reds had a very ooh, interesting Pittsburgh pirates had right a very on. interesting game this weekend do you want to tell us about what happened there um
1: probably the saddest thing besides the record of the Cincinnati Reds happened to them this year. Um, we knew, you know, they're, they're losing streak. The start they've got on um, was just awful um, to say none, but you know, none the least. But uh, what happened was they basically lost while throwing a no hitter. And that's kind of a stat or that's a game that um, you really just, you, you, <laughs> you can't do <laughs> I, I mean I, I, I you can't you can't do that I mean very much where you know you expect to be competitive as a major league baseball team but um talk a little more about you know I know I talk a little more dive into hunter green and all that stuff but uh just
0: it, yeah it just, just it a just, bad it's just it's just a shameful thing for the fans to witness that of course i think it's something that's happened six times in MLB history where at least
1: it wasn't in Cincinnati because that would have been that, that's a good been point. awful you know?
0: that's a good point um,
1: for those it, like 6,000 fans. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, that's a good good addition. I I think it's happened six times in MLB history where a team threw a no-hitter and then lost that game. Um, I'm pretty
1: sure the Angels did it too.
0: In 2008, Jared Weaver, yeah. He a- threw a-, a no-hitter against the Dodgers. Against the Dodgers, Matt yeah. Matt Kemp, I think he walked. I don't know if it was an error or a walk, but then he stole second, overthrow, went to third, sacrifice fly, got him in, 1-0 win for the Dodgers, 2008. So that is an example of it happening. Also, I
1: wonder what that locker room like. I wonder like the offense and like the pitching staff. I mean, the pitchers
0: like you know. I mean, I did my job. I mean, they're
1: probably just like just beating their asses. Yeah, yeah, in the locker room and all that stuff. But But, I I can't imagine. Yeah.
0: But my 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 the tweet that I saw about that was interesting. Is it's happened like six, six I think about six times in MLB history. It is more rare than a perfect game. It is more rare than. Uh, Like, unassisted unassisted triple play. You know, like, these kind of things that you, like, it makes all, like, the headlines when it happens. Like, oh, like, break out the record books. Like, it, like historic performance. This is even rarer to see a pitcher, or in this case, it was combined. No hits. Lost the game. Uh, Really, really sad for, like you said, Hunter Green. um, Someone who I think he had a lot of struggles early on. I know he got lit up by the Brewers in one of his most recent starts. Actually has a great outing against a team that, you know, you're not gonna be that that impressed with a great outing against um, Pittsburgh, but you know they're a team who got done the base pass after getting walked. So you know, I guess they'll just take that. And uh,
1: I think his quote that was great after the game was: uh, they basically asked what they they, they said a, it was a huge question they asked him, and his response was: it it is what it is. Really? Um it is what it is, but <laughs> I mean he's just uh, trying to get better. Of course, like the, the of win's course. not gonna
0: change the season that much, but of course he'd love to get the no hitter he would pro- proper and, and the win and you know
1: He would. He I wonder would.
0: if he still has that game ball. It's like this is definitely like it's a no hitter game yeah. ball. It's not like what I was hoping and, for. And what was it, like seven innings? Uh he got into did he get into the eight? I think he got into the eight. Okay. I okay. think he did. And then okay. he walked two and they pulled him. Okay. He was over hundred pitches. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I know you 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 texted or tweeted me and you said He's at 103 pitches. That was but, going
0: into the eighth. And, and I think, they but he has a no hitter,
1: so it's it's pretty unlikely that he's going to finish this game. And then you know, and then they, you, you basically see just you know, can Cincinnati just muster one run and no. get you know this guy a dub, but get the team a dub? But yeah, just can't uh, just just can't get it can't get it done. So yeah,
0: we we won't rub it in too much longer for the the Reds fans. So we'll just keep moving on here. Travis, <laughs> pro- probably a good time to get into I think the power rankings. Um this Monday as new week. As in most Mondays, we see the MLB post their new uh power rankings. So this is, you know, as of before Monday's games, but this is their new rankings. They have their one through ten. And of course they go on to finish through uh the top thirty. But uh let's go through the one through ten, Travis. We'll kind of pick out where we agree, where we disagree. Um, where do we see the teams that we want uh where we want them to I guess where we would place them we're not going to make our own power rankings but just where we kind of see these teams landing if we had any say in it so um do you have that list in front of you right now
1: I do yeah yeah yeah. so I'll kind of go through it um going from 10 down to number one so uh pretty common uh number 10 team that we've seen the last couple weeks was the Minnesota Twins they stayed put um at number 10 number nine was the Tampa Bay Rays they actually went down from five and they are now at nine um so kind of a uh, pretty Pretty decent drop-off for the Tampa Bay Rays after, uh, you know, the no-hitter and all that kind of stuff. Number eight, the San Diego Padres, they fell off a little bit. They were number six. They went back two spots. The San Francisco Giants actually leapfrog all these teams. They go from 11 last week to number seven this week. And then number six, who's always been pretty middle of the top ten pack, the Brewers, uh, finished six this week. They were four last week, so a slight drop off. Um, but a new top five, Alex, and a new number five. That is going to be our Angels. They went from eight to five. The um, just a convincing series win over Tampa and the no hitter, and then of course uh, taking three of four from Oakland. Should have been four of four, but it's okay. Uh, you know, a series win, of course, is always in, on the in uh,
0: Oakland too. I wonder when the last time we won a series there.
1: Yeah, was. yeah. I I cannot. It wasn't last year. It wasn't last year for sure. Exactly. So I can't think of that. But um Angels are number five in the power rankings right now. They go from eight to five. Then of course, number four, Alex, one of the biggest uh leapfrogs uh of the whole entire um whole entire rankings, the Astros go from nine to four. Uh so winning what was it, ten games in a row, eleven games in a row really helps their odds. Actually, I'm seeing eleven game winning streak. Um, but uh, they did take almost every single series, pre- every single series of the last two weeks, um, from every single team they've played. So they go to number four, number three, of course, uh, is going to be the Mets number two Dodgers and a new number one team. It is the New York Yankees. So top three, pretty consistent. We know it's Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, but uh new four and five right now in the AL West is getting, uh, heavily, heavily competitive right now, but, um, I guess I'll always ask those questions, Alex, but out of the top ten, um, you know, we can we can jump right into that. But any team that you see uh should be, you know, either in the top ten or not in the top ten, or you know, is is there a team right now that you're kind of mainly focusing on for for this top ten power rankings this week?
0: It's hard to say. I feel like this is a really solid like group of ten it is. teams. It's it is. like I look at this list and I'm like, these are probably the best teams. Um I'm not it's still early, so I don't want to make any bold statements. I feel like the Twins are the one team where I might. Okay. I think they're more in like the outside looking in, like, like thirteen to eleven. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. a better spot for them. I don't know. I haven't looked up exactly who I'd put in for them. It could. I'd have to probably check the Cardinals' overall production. Um, I'm still not sold on the Cardinals' pitching staff, at least the the starting pitchers. Yeah. Um, maybe Flaherty if he can, uh, return to 2019 form, that'd be something. But um i think that there's question marks there um i think that another team that i might consider like i think the phillies have to prove it a little bit more even though i am really high on them yep they had a really good weekend uh against the dodgers but they need to continue to keep that up next week i think in order to actually earn a spot in any sort of anyone's top tens right now and
1: I, I think their their bullpen is going to be the biggest question mark for anyone putting them in their top 10 i mean almost blowing what was it like was it was a 7-1 lead against the dodgers yes um almost blowing that and, and
0: then, then they did blow a game they to did allow extras they did but they yep. still clutched it but it was just definitely a A nervous wreck when you see the bullpen in a close game.
1: So I think that will be a um, that will be that will that that's going to be a team that a lot of analysts and a lot of people are not going to feel comfortable putting in their top ten just because their their hitting is good, their pitching is good, their bullpen is atrocious right now, and they they need to figure that out if they of course want to be serious in being a uh, contender for October. But um, I I kind of agree with you too with the Twins. I mean the Twins are number ten. They've they've been a solid ten team. So it seems like there's other teams that would be very Um, likely to take their spot. Cardinals, Blue Jays, um, those are two teams, of course, that uh, have worse records, but you can definitely say um, as a whole package of a team, they have been playing uh, pretty good for the the past 35 games. Uh, I think I think we mentioned last week that the Twins um, was it like nine wins in a row, 10 wins in a row they had like two weeks ago and then they kind of just have been playing sub maybe 500 baseball. So I kind of see them having that good 10 games and then If you just erase that, you basically are playing kind of, you know, below 500 baseball for the whole entire season. So,
0: and I I would just be very surprised if that rotation holds up and continues to produce well throughout the season. Um, Joe Ryan, I think, is very legit. I think he's a great uh, number one on the rotation. I think that guys like Archer, potentially a guy like Bundy, um, amongst other names, the rotation as it currently stands I think is not in a great spot um, but I will say that uh, the bats have been somewhat impressive overall um, I think Buxton needs to be an MVP guy and Korea needs to be like an MVP vote-getter yep. in order for them to be a team that uh, I guess is really competitive down the stretch and right now I don't really see them as a team that's gonna finish with a top 10 record in baseball so that's kind of why I would hesitate in playing them in a top 10 right now but um, I mean, and,
1: and, and I believe a couple weeks ago they had like a six and a half, almost seven game lead on the white Sox, And right now it's down to three. So you, you definitely see the white Sox slowly cl- climbing back up, um, and you know, should be getting, should be taking uh hold of that division. I would definitely say sometime in June. And I, I honestly see them kind of just hopefully running away with things. Lance Lynn will be coming back. Joe Kelly will be coming back. I mean, a lot of these guys, Yohan Moncada should be coming back, you know, pretty soon. So hopefully when they get that team together, um, White Sox should be a team that will run away. Um, Minnesota has always been a team that we've imagined as can they get a six seed? Can they be a wild card team in October? But um, good start right now. But like you said, will it all hold up? They they're one of the biggest question mark teams. I would definitely say uh, in in the season so far.
0: And I saw a funny thing. I, I was someone who was a bit low on the White Sox coming into the season. I think I picked them as like my overrated team, or at least yeah. one of them in the American League. Um, I'm, I, I still think they take the division, but, um, I think it could be a division where the winner is maybe below 90 games, something like that. We'll see how how it pans out. But I saw a funny tweet, just a weird division. I saw a funny tweet and it literally said the, uh, they said that the whites are, sorry, the, uh, the Minnesota twins are playing some of the best baseball the last couple of seasons for their team just to run into the yankees in the first round again and just <laughs> that the is the yankees be ready for them is, oh man it'd you're be, so right it, it'd be so sad if that you're was the so case right. for them yeah again.
1: yeah I, i'm sure that's the one team they uh they them or the astros that they desperately just don't want to see but it's just gonna it's gonna have to happen because um
0: just the history there though of we unable to overcome the yankees in the first round yeah. year after year yeah yeah and, and i mean man
1: who knows but i mean hopefully they can at least get a playoff win that, that that's i think i think that'd be a big right. plus if they can get one win uh if they can get in that wild card round but uh you know who knows again of course joe ryan could still continue to have such an impressive uh you know such an impressive season as he is right now correa could be a huge like i said playoff bat that they that they you know that they've added to their lineup but you're right i mean playing the yankees would be a huge huge uh minus in a first round uh playoff series especially I think what what it is it all three games at the higher seeds field
0: yes So if, if it's a first round series
1: so you oh actually I'm sorry Yankees would get a buy
0: if they end up being the first record know, but I, if they end up I know we're like getting our good. head
1: ourselves right now we're you know we're 35 games in you know, we're uh, in
0: Maine we're talking yeah, about the yeah. seating I mean
1: room. I know angels will get the buy I mean they they should get the buy you know but uh but yeah stop. I mean, but uh <laughs> stop yeah yeah but uh right now um Quinn's, of course, playing good baseball. They're happy with what they've been what they've been producing so far because they know that they uh need to play, you know, some of their best baseball in the past seasons to make October this season. But um, anything else with the power rankings, Alex?
0: Yeah, I think that overall the list is pretty solid. I don't have too many issues. I think um, that I think
1: the 10 teams are are pretty accurate. It's a or, solid list. It of is. 10. It is. I'll, think, I'll be happy. Yeah.
0: I think I'd say the top nine is definitely the top nine teams mm-hmm. in baseball mm-hmm. as of it stands right now. Um I got no big problems with, like, you know, the Giants and the Padres are about comparable. The Giants and the Brewers are probably about comparable. Um, overall, pretty happy with the list, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I, anything else on the list for you?
1: Nothing else. I mean, I, I will say, um, and, you know, this team has been one of the biggest surprises of 2022. Um, I mentioned it before. Arizona Diamondbacks um, currently, right now, Alex, better record than Atlanta, better record than Philadelphia better record than Toronto um, and a bunch of other teams. Uh, what a surprise they've been so far above 500 that NL West is, is playing out of its mind right now. So um, that's one thing to note as well, but uh, they're noted on the list at number 20. So I think Arizona Diamondback fans might be getting uh, probably a little bit upset from what they've been able to do in that division, especially, um, and still getting, I, I mean, I wouldn't say disrespect just because Like you said, the power rankings could be looked at at different ways. Record or do you really bring the best skill set to be a top, you know, power team? Right. um, I would say 20 would be a little it's it's definitely uh, I I would think they'd be you know moving up a little bit slightly into the uh, definitely the teens, I think. But um, they have the Rockies one notch above them and then the Marlins, then the Guardians and then the Phillies and the Mariners and the Braves, which, you know, they have a better record in uh, comparison to all those other teams. And of course they are in a, uh, such a highly powerful, uh, division. I would just be looking at that as being a team that, um, could, you know, could they move up in the next couple of weeks if this continues, uh, just to, to, to kind of trend this way. Uh, I think we've seen Colorado, Colorado, kind of drop off now. Um, when will that time come for the diamondbacks is I guess my big question mark, but I mean records speak for itself and right. what they've done. Uh, I mean, if, if, if I was a betting, I mean, I think in Vegas, they were probably going at like 65 to maybe like 67 something wins on the season. If you were someone that bet uh, under and you put a lot of money on that, um, you'd be looking at right now as like, I I really screwed up because they're already, you know. A third of the way there and we're not mm-hmm. even in June yet so yeah um, Arizona being kind of a surprise Madison Bumgarner has been kind of a surprise as well uh, as well as uh, you know Merrill Kelly and some of those other guys on the team but uh, just one team I thought that we'd highlight because I think we've been so down on them the last couple of years uh, rightfully so but uh, they've been a team that's really been um, trending in the right direction so far this season
0: the Diamondbacks are definitely one of the biggest surprises early on in terms of just overperforming I guess what the projections what the, you know, the Vegas odds, like you said, were kind of had them at going into this year. Um, I will say last season they had a pretty historic uh, losing streak. I think it was like a home losing streak or something, like 30 games or something. I forget what it was. But if something like that happened to them again, then they could end up being back where those projections had them. But you're right. If they keep pace right now, which if they can just be a little bit below 500 as opposed to like way below 500, it'd be a big deal for them and their fans and they could definitely have something to... I guess look forward to if you think uh, that young core could kind of continue to grow and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. um, One other thing, Travis, uh, I want to touch on. This is kind of a bit of a trivia that just I kind of wrote down a note on it because um, it was really surprising to me. And it it wasn't too surprising because I always kind of had this gut feeling about it. But I want to point this out just to the listeners because it may surprise some of them. Travis, Justin Verlander currently is the active leader in wins, right? All active pitchers, he has two hundred and thirty-one career wins. He's pitched seventeen seasons. He's thirty-nine years old. Age thirty-nine season at least. He's over three hundred innings. So I mean, he's definitely had a very full career, but only at two thirty-one wins. Three thousand. Sorry, yes, three thousand over three thousand mm-hmm. over three thousand in, innings pitched. Three hundred wins seems very much out of reach, right? He would need, you know. He would need a big uh, five, six more seasons. right? one like, Ryan
1: finished his career. Yeah. And, and
0: we really don't see that happening, right? Mm-hmm. I say this just to say I don't think we're ever going to see a 300-win pitcher ever again. That, that That's my statement. That's my claim. Interesting. Okay. Um, Here's how I'm going to back that up. I'm going to look at some of the other guys who are active pitchers. At least this is true, I think. I think that there is no active pitcher that will ever reach 300 wins in a in a career, mm-hmm. Justin Verlander's at 231. Uh, Granke is below him. His career is probably about almost up. Max is at 194. He's o- not even two thirds of the way there, and he's definitely beyond two thirds of the way through his career. Kershaw is at below, but he's below Scherzer. He's below 200. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's someone who's probably beyond two thirds of the way through their career. Kershaw is only 34. If you somehow made it to like early 40s. It's not impossible, but based on his injury history, innings pitched per season of his last few seasons is very unlikely. He has that kind of late renaissance, I think. He could he could be really good uh, ERA-wise in the future, but I don't think the volume will be there at all. Wainwright, no shot. He's already 40. Uh, Price, he's not even a starting pitcher anymore hardly. Cueto, uh, Mad Bum is only 32 but at 129 wins, he's not yeah. even halfway there. You're yeah. going to say no mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole is only 31, but at 120, he's not even halfway there. He has to pretty much do everything. If, if he had his whole career he's had so far and does it again in the next decade, he will only, he'll be 40 and he'll only have like, what is it? He'll only have like 240 wins. So I would say Cole has no shot. Lance Lynn, 35, no shot. Chris Sales, 33, already getting hurt, not even halfway there, no shot. Yeah. Strasburg's 33. I can keep going down this list, uh, and it's just guys who are in their mid to late 30s, no shot, no shot. The first guy where it gets really interesting, I guess, all of a sudden you're like down looking at guys who are below 100 career wins. Yeah. And they're already like 30. Yeah. And so you're really like in a situation where I don't think any of these guys have remotely a shot. Jacob DeGrom has 77 career wins. He is an absolute ace, and it just has to do with the team he played for yep. when he was in his prime, but also the fact that wins are just less common these days because they pull pitchers earlier. Pitchers miss more starts. There's lots of injuries because guys are throwing so incredibly fast, and they're throwing these crazy sliders. Um, lots of pitchers need you know surgeries and days off and all this kind of stuff. But, Travis, we did a thing recently about looking at who's the next 3,000 hits guy, and one thing we looked at was Who is a guy who's under 30 that's like halfway there, like a Machado Trout type? There were a couple names, yeah. For this, under 30, the leader is Aaron Nola, and he has 68 career wins. So under 30, all those guys I think have no shot. Like You're you're, you're 29 Aaron Nola with 68 career wins. I'm not trying to knock him. I'm just saying that's the way baseball is right now. Guys who are under 30 are 68 career wins or fewer. No one has more than Nola. He's 29 with 68 wins is is that kind of mind-blowing to you or what like yeah. everyone who like there's just no one who's remotely on pace yeah, no, one I, is, no one is no one's close to being on pace and and even
1: you're right i mean going on the list i was looking and i was trying to find someone that's going to be 25 you know could i find someone that's 24 right and, no. and there's no one there and i mean the only like, name i honestly think besides aaron nola um and he would have to move to another team i strongly strongly believe but uh herman marquez uh he's 27 and he has 55 so he he's a name that I would only say like, it's it's not going to happen. Of course, with him, but it's just like that's who I have to look at as like this is the only possibility left. I
0: mean, but I, right, it's like he's at, if he if he pitched the next you know if the Dodgers were a dynasty for the next you know yeah oh yeah uh, yeah two decades and he was able to pitch till he was forty five you know maybe but he's only at fifty five and he's twenty seven so it it's it's really uh alarming when you realize this for the first time that there's no one is close and like when you when you start talk, looking at guys who are like you said like you're trying to find someone in the in the mid to like not so late 20s yeah. uh no, like it's just crazy like i'm looking at noah syndergaard seven seasons 50 wins like career yeah. the, the, the just, only name
1: i see being attractive is, is is garrett cole i mean 31 and 120 and he but,
0: will have to somehow be way better yeah like guys, guys At least wins wise but yeah right yeah it, it just it just and he plays for the yankees and they're gonna he's gonna get good wins this season as long mm-hmm. as he uh stays healthy stays in the field he's gonna get the wins they're gonna come but i just don't see you know he's been on good teams in the past and you know it's just not like even when when him and uh and verlander they were on the best team in baseball in 2019 yep. they were the two best pitchers in baseball that year they still both were not like these 25 game winners like yep. it, it that's something that doesn't really happen these days um
1: remarkable that kershaw i mean the era that he has in the career a two four eight era he still does not even have close to he's not close um, and he's
0: a legend he's been pitching for so long and and
1: and you're telling me that he's trying to get to 200 wins
0: and he's not someone who has like a problem getting like through those five innings and like getting pulled too early he's not like that's not really an issue for him it's just a matter of the workload is less because these guys i mean they throw so hard um it's just a very competitive era where you you don't really milk the starting pitchers for everything they're worth because they're going to get hurt these days It's just the way the way of the game yep
1: yep Um, and and even even looking at a guy like you know like randy johnson you know 303 career wins you know i feel like you you have to really pitch into your you know early to mid 40s to get to 300 wins if you ever want to nowadays
0: in in the modern era
1: exactly and especially with some of these guys in the older era i mean they they did this kind of stuff and and um, you,
0: you look at the you look at the guys who are over three hundred wins. Some guys have pitched like twelve seasons, but like if you're in the eighteen hundreds, you're throwing <laughs> you, had, you, you had fifty wins a season, yeah, six hundred <laughs> innings pitched in a season, yeah, like that that will
1: never yeah. happen again, yeah. And, and even looking at like Randy, you know, twenty or 2 ninety um, two, I'm sorry, nineteen ninety seven to. 2002 every year 17 or more wins you 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 will not see that in today's era or the game you just don't see 17 wins consistently for you know six seven seasons in a row so um it's it's a very good stat to point out Alex because that is something that like you said it will it it looks like we are not going to see um an active pitcher for I mean a while reach a milestone of 300 wins I mean that it's it's such a and like we always say it's such a it's a cool accomplishment, a win, but we, we all know that there's better stats out there you know, 100%. When, when, when the Cy Youngs were just mainly based on wins, like, Oh, you led your league in wins. Like you're going to win the Cy Young. It's like, no, that's not how it goes because you got to look at how the win was, you know, developed. Does he have a awful ERA and the, the team just decided to score runs on every time you went out to pitch or, you know, is he a guy like Kershaw or DeGrom who has Absolutely. elite ERA numbers, but just doesn't get the run support at times. But, um, you know, it's funny because I, there was one time there was a stat that, um, someone said that was like, you know, which, which MLB, you know, stat is, you know, what will, you know, will never be reached ever again. And I mean, I, I definitely truly believe Cy Young's 511 wins will never be reached again. Of course, but percent chance also, of course, um, the, the whole, the, the Cal Ripken consecutive games played, I think that will never be reached again. Um, it, it's just funny how there's certain some of these just, Iron you know, just out of this world. I mean, I I know eras were different. You know, you look at NBA. I mean, what will average 50 a game? Of course not. Right. I mean, that's not going to happen again. I mean, games kind of change and all that stuff. They, they, they really, um, they, they just, they, they mature into different kind of games, but 300 wins, Alex. I mean, you're, you're right. Verlander is what 70 something wins away. And he, he It's. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is. Would, very 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 unlikely he have to
0: be pitching until he's like 46 or something like and, that
1: and i mean I, i'm not saying it's it that he can't do that because i mean i think that he could be a guy that could be he could be like almost a power pitcher like a nike like a nolan ryan that can go to 44 maybe but you have to start looking at who's going to give him that that sort of deal to keep on pitching you know into his you know early to mid forties right now he's proving this season that he can still pitch at a very high level so that yeah. that's what he's going he's on a
0: good team he's on a he's good team He's gonna get wins
1: uh leads mlb so far right now with five wins he's five and one on the season with a 1.38 era so i mean he's honestly he's really proving to you know everybody that he is still uh a cy young you know he could still win a cy young in his age 39 season much like a scherzer but um it's just crazy to look at right now I mean 231 wins for a guy that's that successful um not as much wins as bartolo cologne which you know we all know uh, is, is, is he's i think he's two wins away from that legendary 250 club but uh uh but it's just i mean it, what what an insane thing to look at that i mean verlander is probably the last shot right now to, to really get to a, a a level of that magnitude of 300 wins it's crazy
0: do, do you agree with my st- I think if, I'm assuming Verlander I'm just going to say for the sake of the argument I'm going to assume Verlander's not going to make it. He if he gets 20 wins this year, he'll be, you know, almost at like 250. Yeah, like and 245
1: to two fi- yeah, almost and, 250. And
0: then he'll need to get like another like 4 years of 15 wins. Like yeah. it's not impossible, yeah. but it's I think it's really unlikely for him to be healthy until he's 45 still pitching um and being productive on a winning team and you know not missing starts like that's the biggest thing is the health has to stay there
1: and you got to look at what you're going to get contract wise will you would you pitch for a team that's would you would a team give him five years 50 million and would he want that money or would he want more you know you kind of look into all that kind of okay if you can go to this team and of course you got to go to a team that's going to get you a lot of wins you know you' got to go to a team that's going to get you and a then, lot of run support i so. think from
0: here on out, he's gonna get lots of one year maybe at most two-year deals yeah. and because of that you really have to stay healthy year to year or else you're gonna get dropped
1: the odds stack up greatly against against him right now for uh for for getting 300 wins but i mean so w- with that it's cool to imagine
0: <laughs> yeah l- l- let's say it's a given he does not make it i mean i'm thinking there will never be one again do you think that's that's going to be the case again that's I mean, because what 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 could change in the game of baseball that will make things swing back? To yeah. These crazy game winners, because like guys who have been great in their career so far, like let's let's look at like a Walker Buehler type or like. You you, you, who, you first off, you have to of course come in at. Like Walker Buehler is twenty-seven, only has forty-four. He's been elite his whole career on a really good team that wins tons of games. He has forty-four career. I was going to
1: ask you how many wins does he have because he he'd be a guy that I would be looking at to be. And he's uh, already
0: twenty-seven, which is yeah. young in the grand scheme of things, yeah. but in when the you reality. college, yeah. In, in reality, you you have to be close to 150 when you're 30 or else you have no chance. Yeah. He's at 44, when he's 27.
1: I think if you want to be at this kind of level of getting these milestones, I think that going, and you can't really choose this because you go to college to, you know, elevate your status to become a higher draft pick. But, I mean, you have to get started at, at age 21, age 22. You have to break into the bigs at that age and be all-star level right out of the gate, which. Sure odds are you're not going you're not going to be that kind of player at your first or second season you're not going to be like a Mike Trout you're not going to be like a Walker Bueller where you know first couple games in you're already looked at as a as a leader of that team but um I mean looking at Verlander 22 came into the it came into the bigs um and you know age 23 season had a, had 17 wins you know what when when are we going to see an age 23 uh pitcher get 17 wins on a season again that's a number that right now will be very hard to even beat and and even the stretch that he was on the first um what was it the first 6 or 7 years on, of the Detroit Tigers I mean he's winning you know close to 18 games every single year and I mean like you said that's something that we will not see very often so um I I will go against you I think that it's something that we can see again um but it's not looking good right now in at least this era that we're in uh for for pitching because I think we're we're really stuck in a go out there and get me, you know, get me six innings of, of just intense, high intense, good, you know, low, low earned runs. And then let's get the bullpen in there for the last time around, around the lineup, because we see pitchers like Aaron Nola go out there and face the lineup three times for the third time. And his era is like 30, you know, yeah. It, yeah it, it, on,
0: on that third time through. And, yeah. and so
1: maybe that's something that most managers will see nowadays and just start yanking guys and, you know, less inning pitch will be, uh you know a common theme and and that's that's of course a huge uh
0: that's how i see things trending a huge
1: factor too but um i I really wish i could see Degrom's you know wins numbers right now if he was on a team that just I think it was what is it 2018 or 17 that if, if they scored three runs a game he'd be like a 28 game winner something I mean, like that yeah. I mean it, it's just like I wish we had a pitcher like that that could be on a team like like an Angels offense or you know like like a Yankees offense that where a pitcher can uh can get that many wins I feel like when Garrett Cole went to the Yankees we all we all were saying you know this guy could win 20 games for you know the next like five six years but it just kind of proves that it's just it's not as easy as you know most people might think. and, it and is, even so. if he
0: did do that it's like he still would be just kind of scratching the the top tier of you know yeah. getting maybe getting crawling close to 300 but it, it's it's going to be a tall task for anyone that's exactly. currently active i think exactly i just wanted to point that out because i i was looking into some of the numbers of like is really going to make it i'm thinking the answer is probably going to be no yeah and then yeah. no one else looks very close but uh just something to keep a track of if 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 pitcher wins continue to go down or if maybe there's a swing back up maybe if the ball changes if if the shift gets banned and maybe offense you know goes up or down we'll see how the, the game ebbs and flows yeah. like uh, decade to decade so we'll see how things develop but definitely a uh, tale of the times right now is that the win <laughs> is not a very really prominent stat yeah um, as we've seen it but Travis one last thing we can touch on before we wrap things up here um there was a Michelle Tafoya tweet I, I just kind of wanted to take just a few brief minutes here, kind of pointing fun at somebody because Michelle Tafoya tweeted, she must have been watching the Angels broadcast when Otani hit his 100th home run. So uh, third player of Japanese uh, descendants to hit 100 home runs in MLB. Um, It's his first... He's hit tons of milestones already. He already hit his first career Grand Slam, first career in MLB or in Japan, and then this was his 100th MLB home run. So... He's had tons of milestones that are worth talking about. He's the reigning MVP. Otani gets all the love in the world, and, and we all know why. She tweeted that the ML I'll, I'll read it word for word. I have a, a screenshot here, even though she she deleted it, but I have a screenshot. Yeah. So
1: Alex gets she, to uh Alex gets to the debate before she can uh let it loose, it. yeah.
0: I'm on top of it. Um she said Angels broadcast enough with the Otani baseball chatter at Valley Sports West. And she also put at Otani, and it was some other guy Not that was not Otani. She just texted him. <laughs> random, probably some guy in
1: Nebraska or something like that. Just some random
0: guy named named Otani. but um, Probably
1: an Irish dude. <laughs> uh,
0: there was just so much outcry by Angels Twitter and MLB Twitter saying, what do you mean stop talking about Otani chatter? First of all, he's one of the best players in the league, and he's one of the most iconic with you know his MVP last year and how historic it was. What do you what are you trying to say by telling us not to talk about him? What's the issue here? It really reminded me of the Alana Rizzo. It's thing. on the
1: same shelf. I was gonna say,
0: yeah, of uh, a, a, a baseball, you know, commenter saying this guy is not all that. When it's like, okay, first of all, who who are you to say? But yeah. Um, it is someone else fall had a follow-up tweet saying telling the angels broadcast to stop talking about showy otani is like telling the bible to stop talking about jesus it's like <laughs> this is the guy we're supposed to talk about like this I know, is, this is exactly. what the book's about okay. exactly angels is supposed to be talking about otani when he hits 100 home runs they're going to talk about it they brought the ball up to the booth and i'm sure they gave it a showy after the game yeah it's a big deal yeah um do you think they're ever going to learn, Travis, that, you know, Otani deserves all the love and credit in the world? He is doing something we've never seen before. Um, any reaction at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, when you got the uh probably the hottest name in not just baseball, but in sports on on the team, right. you're going to you're going to be talking about. him. why would you not talk about him? I mean, you could also talk about other superstars as well. But um you're not talking about Otani when he goes one for four and he has a double and you know, one run scored like that. But when he hits his hundred, when he hits his hundredth home run, like when Pujols did like when you know, trout did like when so many superstars have done, when you hit that magical 100, um, you're finally in the triple digits, you're going to talk about it. And so, um, also being the third, uh, Japanese born player to reach a hundred home runs, uh, and also, uh, yeah, like third all time right now, he's 17 behind actually 16 behind uh Ichiro Suzuki and you know you know how many years Ichiro played in the majors it was yeah. you know 13 14 years and show he's done it in the first you know four or five seasons really but uh yeah I mean it's it, again it, it's another thing kind of like the Alano Rizzo uh comment that you just kind of scratch your head and question you know um I don't know where you're kind of getting this like you know the, this negativity the, your, your opinion really is just kind of like slandering your reputation right now and um, and and she's probably someone who's trying to build it with, I know, I, I think she got kicked off like ESPN or something like that, but, um, sure. it, it is, it is kind of just like interesting and, and just weird to see someone like that mention that when it's, it's not like it's just some, you know, Oh, Tani went one for one for four tonight. And like I said, he, he hit his hundredth home run. So why would you not talk about it? Why would you not go over it all? And will be posted a 32nd highlight film of all of his hundred home runs. And it was pretty cool. Cause it was just like bang, 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 bang and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, oh. it's, it's definitely just, uh, it's just kind of a stupid way to kind of, you know, point out, I, I guess, you know, your, your, reputation, I mean, you're only damaging it by saying something like that because he is building the game of baseball. He's even building sports in general. He was time man of the year for, for, for you know, athletics and all that kind of stuff. And, um, the trophy case for Shohei in 2021 was, uh, probably greater than almost every other athlete, uh, has ever been in a you know? season. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Great points. I, the. The last kicker on it is just the fact that, like, she's talking about the Angels' broadcast. Like, if it was like a national broadcast and they were just talking about him for the entirety of the game, I guess I could see you getting a little being like, okay, can we talk about the other team for a bit? Yeah, but you're listening to the Angels' broadcast. We want us to talk about like it's Trout, it's Otani, and it's you know, it's this team is being great right now. And you
1: like at Otani, like, what's he supposed to like? Even <laughs> even if he had a Twitter, what is he supposed to respond with? Like, sorry, I I want to help my team win. You know, yeah. it's kind of just it, it's an interesting way to put it. Like, it, it's.
0: And then It's our, just so, yeah, our, our, so our, bad. Yeah. Our beloved fan favorite uh, color commentator, Mark Gubiza, of course, Gooby on Twitter, just kind of roasted her back. Like you said earlier to me, kill him with kindness. He just said, thank you for tuning into the broadcast, Michelle. And that's just like a great like cherry on top. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, just kind of his way of kind of a classy... This and also kind of saying, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing what we're doing, you know.
1: I, I think you mentioned, uh, it what it have like, it's, it said it like 200 likes oh. and like 2000 like quote it, tweets or, or ki- responses. It's what the
0: kids call a ratio, track. yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was definitely, uh, lots of comments. They she deleted it within a couple hours. I think yeah. when I first saw the tweet, it's like tweeted three hours ago. I, cl- I clicked on her profile to see like what else she said, yeah, and it was gone. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, uh. That, that ended quickly for her. But anyways, Travis, I kind of wanted to bring that up real quick.
1: You picked the um, one player to not attack.
0: If, I mean, he's the most <laughs> beloved. It's like Exactly. What, what, exactly. What, what, what has he done wrong?
1: He's not a bad you know? boy. He's not a guy that's, you know, getting in trouble like off the scene. He's just like the most quietest kind person, you know, that you, at least you see on the field right now and all everything like that. He's and, just doing and, his thing. And, and and every
0: player loves him too. So.
1: Exactly. I mean, you, 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 I don't know where you I – mean, with him and Mike Trout, I don't know where you could find a negative spot you know, with their personalities or with their attitudes. Cause it's just especially like,
0: especially since they're winning right now. It's exactly. Like if, if you wanted to harp on them in August, if they're on a losing season, that's, you know, maybe that's one, a different thing, but exactly. right, right now they're winning. So exactly. I mean,
1: I'm still waiting. I'd love to see. It's sad to say, but I'd love to see Shohei just like, like get it like an angel Hernandez umpire and just like raise hell and just start like just cussing him out, like in Japanese, <laughs> like on, on a bad, on a bad call. But like we'll never see that because he is the way he is. Um, dude fouls balls off you know the catcher and he stops and says like i'm sorry are you okay and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't get that from any other players in major league baseball so sure uh just uh just an l to uh to end the podcast yeah
0: yeah and then uh <laughs> i guess i said that would be it i just have one more thought for you real quick mm-hmm. floated up for you um we both have lots of complaints about our coach joe madden it's time we have uh we won't get into all the all the the dirty details of you know we have issues with some of the lineups we see some of the roster decisions just some of the bullpen decisions but put that all aside or i guess keep that in your mind right now we won't get too in deep on it but keep that in your mind i had a thought today if the season ended tomorrow i think he probably went american league manager of the year
1: that was a that was something that i saw on twitter yeah. oh did you i, I saw someone say I something was, about manager of the was, year okay yeah. and um i i
0: th- i just had this thought in my head i was like honestly like as much as we bag on him i think that the voters would give it to him oh, just yeah. because of the oh, angels sure. how i guess how good they're trending right now but i mean the coaching is no different than it was last year yeah. it's that the players are all healthy yeah. the arms are up an upgrade from last season um both in the bullpen and the rotation so definitely um how how hilarious would it be if the guy we've been bagging on this whole time he's gonna get that manager <laughs> of the year trophy if the angels of course end up staying on pace with what they're doing right now but give me your thoughts on if that were to end up and happening. you
1: know you know an extension is
0: imminent uh, yeah
1: it's it's coming so uh you know it, it i can't bag on him too much because the record speaks for itself i mean i i don't agree with a lot of things he does but you know things do work out that um i can be at least be very happy about or at least that he's proving me wrong where i can say okay fine joe you got me there but um maybe our record could be a little bit better maybe yeah i'll
0: I'll say i never feel that much uh i I guess you you're very you're very forgiving and you're like saying okay like good job joe you did that thing i'm just more of the bitter fan who's always going to just keep blaming something and it usually goes to to, the coach but yeah uh, please please continue
1: yeah and so i i definitely think that he's he's done the job i'm trying to think of who else would you
0: know come close to that and you know Tony LaRue saying getting you know <laughs> they've had a rough start I guess maybe if if the Yankees have the best record in baseball I could see Boone getting consideration if yeah. they really get the lineup you know cooking yeah. like crazy but the Blue Jays have had a slow start the Rays I mean Cash is always a really gets he gets praised but but, no, but they nothing have to too win. attractive but yeah. they have to win their division by a lot in order for him to win that I, I, the Central I, has no good candidates
1: I, I would say Boone also right now just Boone and Madden of course I think are the two you know favorites to win right now just if you're looking at that Um, there's no Vegas odds, which is kind of unfortunate. It could be kind of fun to bet on that. But, um, Boone with what he's done with that team, how good they've gotten. And also, uh, with that division, how good it is and what he's been able to do to all of the opponents, um, that's special. I think also, I don't think he's ever won it yet. And I think there's been so many years where the Yankees have won, you know, 95 games or higher and Boone just kind of gets looked at as, you know, that should be, that should be normal for you. So he of course could be getting his first if they easily slide into the number one team and, and the best team in MLB. I can see Boone getting it. But of course, um, ending a playoff drought for the Angels, I could see voters giving Madden such high praise for that. Um, even if they do make the wild card and don't win the division, I can definitely see him getting a, a, a bunch of votes from there. But, um, you know, it's it's I guess it's, it's good and bad. But like I said, I think there are just so many times where I have, you know, called you, texted you, DM'd you, so much stuff about Joe Madden that I, I just want to – rip my eyes out because i what i've what just basically what i'm watching their the lineup cards there are games that i just think that we we truly give away when we know every game is is meaningful and, and the, my, my biggest fear is looking towards september and there's a final week of baseball and we have to make up like a game or we're tied with a team and we just look back to may where there was a game against the, the the Rays, or there was a game against the A's that we just basically we handed them.
0: Trout and Ward for no reason it's, or whatever it, and, it was. Yeah. And for
1: me as an Angels fan, I think everyone would agree, every game is so precious and every game means everything. Um, and I think also Blue Jays and Mariners fans would also agree from last year as well. But it, it's it's definitely a situation I just am praying to God we do not run into because um, that would just be, I, I guess for me, I'm just of course looking at the legacy of you know, an Otani and trout and getting them to the playoffs. Um, just how
0: just It'd be su- super important for the legacy.
1: It would be, it would be especially getting, I mean, get, getting a playoff win for trout first. And then of course, a series win. And then of course, can you advance in the playoffs? Can you get to the playoffs consistently in your career and kind of make it a trend? Um, is I think one of the big things that, uh, you know, voters of hall of fame will be, we'll be looking at for Mike trout right now, but I mean, he's still, of course, first ballot, all that kind of stuff. But, um, can you get that you know
0: it, it'll be hard to get unanimous which i think is possible if he had a ring but without without the playoff appearances yeah. it'd be almost impossible.
1: and you probably have some some voters that literally just look at you know oh, i want to see some i want to see playoff success and trout has you know zero percent of that right now so i can't i can't support him at all but that's just a, to me that's just the stupidest voter you know right there to look at but <laughs> right um you know but but for me it's it's i just don't want to be put in that situation where we are right there and um you know, you look back to some games, I, I, there's so many seasons where the angels will finish with such hot Septembers and you just look back to like, oh, there is that blown save in, uh, in June that, uh, that if we would have won, we would be, you know, at a game 163, or we'd be at least like in a really good position to sure. make October. So just, you know, just praying that, you know, of course we can stay, stay afloat. Um uh, not saying we can pass the Astros, but honestly, just stay on the Astros uh back and just kind of exactly just stay right behind them and keep the pressure and uh you know just keep on chugging so that we can uh we can have a successful september and a successful october but yeah
0: yeah so a lot of angels talk this week travis hopefully That's good, the right? listeners are okay with that um but yeah i think overall it was a really exciting week of baseball
1: hey you know we're we're america's team now okay
0: i saw i, I most of the time i see it's is, carabas is tweeting but jared carabas he posted again like i think i think i've seen him tweet twice about america's team being the mariners of like a late game home run i think both times i saw that tweet they ended up losing that game <laughs> it's like you curse almost just tweet them. that every night yeah yeah it's like yeah someone said like i think someone said like like name this like movie or something on twitter and it was a picture of like crawford and uh Ty France and someone said like you know sub 500 or whatever. oh yeah 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 a- a- exactly angels fans are gonna kind of keep uh making fun of them until it they was uh no it
1: back. was it was uh instead of straight out of Compton it was straight out of contention and and yeah that's uh, and,
0: that definitely uh and you know I, a good I, burn at this point I would want them
1: to do good if all their players are kind of clicking like Julio and Kelnick are all doing really good and you know they can become a you know a, a, just a, a highly structured and just just a consistent team but I mean, 16 and 19 right now, and we've just seen games where I mean, they actually they went into New York and, and won the series against the Mets. But uh, what we've seen, we've just seen like, you know, a series win, then a series loss and then a series win, and then you get swept or something like that. So it's just it's inconsistency from them right now, whereas, you know, Houston and L.A. Uh, Angels right now are just playing uh, such high baseball for that AOS that um, both those teams just. Honestly, I, I would just create a pack with Houston right now and just say, you know what, we'll get like I, I'd be okay if you guys get the division. Like I'm fine with that. But like let's just keep on like let's just make sure we both like we just both kind of like make you know playoffs, help help yeah. each other out, like take out the other teams, you know, when we had the chance. But
0: yeah. Yeah, I think that um you and I obviously talked about it a lot. We're in agreement on where the division stands. Um Angels are in a good spot, of course. I think their odds on fan graphs to make the playoffs went up to like eighty percent after the A's series. Um, Travis. I will not be counting our chickens before they hatch. I am going to not say anything too early because oh, there's never, been too much no. pain in the past. But um, <laughs> seeing a mic in the playoffs is just something that needs to happen this year. So fingers are going to stay crossed that the team stays healthy and clicking. But um, yeah, Travis, another good week of baseball content. Uh, hopefully we covered all the topics you guys wanted to hear. Listeners, if you made it this far, we really appreciate all the support as always. Uh, if you guys didn't see it, if you guys listened on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, maybe you didn't see... We have an Instagram now, we have a Twitter account now, they are both uh, at just two, the number two, Tools Baseball. Um, We're posting uh, more content there, trying to kind of uh, ramp things up, get more attention going on multiple platforms. So hopefully you guys have been able to take a look at that, um, give it a follow, give some things a like. We did also post a highlight video on YouTube with the same thing, Two Tools Baseball. Also, that went up on Instagram. So, yeah, please check out the content. You know, it's just going to be – those videos are going to be highlights of the overall podcast. So the idea is that we kind of get more eyes to uh, to us, you know, so hopefully we can keep this thing growing and uh, keep the content coming. So if you made it this far, thanks so much for listening. And I'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Presented by Tool
0: Tools Podcast. <laughs>